Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Hi everyone, welcome to this ITAM Review Podcast. I am, as always, Rich Gibbons from ITAM Review and joining me today, I've got the excellent James Bell, uh, Senior ITAM Consultant uh, uh, Phoenix license dashboards. Um, so before we get into the ins and outs of today's podcast, James, do you want to sort of say hello, let everyone know who you are and uh, and why why you're why you're with us today? Hi, Rich. Yeah, thanks very much for the um, great introduction. So, as you said, I am a senior item consultant at License Dashboards. I've been in the industry since 2014. Kind of started out in data normalization, um, looking at signatures and things like that on endpoints and then I sort of transitioned to becoming a SAM consultant. I worked for two years with an IT distributor in Spain which was absolutely fantastic so got a bit of experience working from an internal SAM perspective and then I've transitioned back to working at Licensed Dashboard where I now deliver SAM to a number of customers. Awesome very nice quite the quite the background there. Um, yeah. So yeah. So did you say that in, in Spain? Yes, I was in um, Barcelona for two years, believe it or not. Nice. Oh, maybe yeah. we, should, uh, we should have done this in broken Spanish instead. <laughs> we can try. <laughs> I wouldn't be very good, unfortunately. Uh, I, I can I can order so I can order some food and that. So, well, you never know. Well, maybe we'll try it. We'll do a separate one and see how we get on. Absolutely. Well, all you really need is Una Sylvester, isn't it? Really. <laughs> very true. My smells well. Before we before we go off on on that tangent, we should probably do our English podcast. Um, so, so yeah, so we've got a range of topics that that we want to talk about today, and um, I think we've got sort of three distinct areas. So, for for everyone listening, uh, the idea is that we'll we'll sort of talk about some challenges and ways to overcome them that are common for for many. IT asset managers, and we wanted to start today with sort of tools and enablement, which is you know a, a very common starting point for people when they come into the IT asset management industry, and even those of us that have been in it for for quite some time. So, James, I think if we start at the start and and look at some of the the challenges that people can face when they get a new tool, so you know there's a a common misconception from you know business leaders you know you, you buy a tool job done everything's fixed see you later um we all know that that's not actually how it works uh, but i thought it'd be interesting to hear from someone with experience like yourself what some of those challenges are and you know maybe some ways of um, of overcoming them as well yeah absolutely so this this is a a key area that i'm involved with in my day to day and it's something that I'm really passionate about because I know that for our customers and for me, when I've been working, um, delivering SAM internally within businesses is initially overcoming the usage and the deployment of these licensing tools. And, you know, it's as you say, it's not always the case that you can just switch it on and it immediately provides you with the reporting that you need. So there always has to be some form of underpinning um training or enablement that takes place when you onboard that tool so that you can then move forward and try to look at all of the key insights that you want to know about so whether that's compliance or whether it's about optimization on your spend understanding you know your hardware assets these kind of things and for you to be able to get the most value out of the tool that you buy you need to be able to have that information readily to hand and that's when you can really start building up and looking at, you know, the entire scope of software asset management and hardware asset management within a business. If you don't get over that initial hurdle and get to a point where you have at least a basic understanding of that tool and how it links together, then you're going to find it very difficult to um, ever get any value out of it, which, you know, is also a problem. You know, it's a massive problem within the industry. And it's something that, you know, I want to seek to address by giving 
the customers that I work with that um, information. I don't want to be just the person that goes to them and says, okay, I've done this. This is what you should do. I want them to understand what I've done. I also want them to, you know, work with it and interpret it in their own way so that they can action it as they see fit. You know, it's not always the case that the way that the the consultant um, identifies is the best path. It could be that there's something that's strategically advantage um, ad, is more strategically advanced for them to look at something else. You know, it could be that instead of buying licenses for a specific area, they might look at remediation. There's lots of different paths that they can take with that. And that's what I seek to do with my data today and enabling my customers. Nice. I like that. I think, yeah, the idea of, you know, sort of teaching everyone, helping them understand, you know, what the tool is giving them, understanding the data, ultimately it's better for everyone um, you yeah. know, in, in the industry as a whole. You know, the, the more the more experience everyone's got as they move around to different roles and, and you know, start to lead teams, et cetera, um, that, will, that will make it better for, for everyone. Um, so, so with the, these onboarding challenges, um, you know, because we see it quite a lot at ITAM Review, you know, people come to, to the Wisdom Conference and they kind of say, right, you know, I'm, I'm relatively new in role, I've got a budget for a tool, um, but then the expectation is that that will be the last of it. You know, you, you pay the money for the tool and, and that's your last investment in asset management because you've got one asset manager and one tool. And that's all you need. Um, do you think there needs to be some kind of education for um, the business leaders, you know, the people that are giving the budget for, for IT asset management and, and uh, measuring IT asset managers? Do you think they need to understand more about, you know, the ins and outs and, and what a tool does and what a tool doesn't? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there just needs to be an honest appraisal by, you know, the, the vendors of these um, ITAM tools as to, you know, the, the advantages and the disadvantages and how that can play into, you know, what expenditure might need to take place to make that a successful and valuable tool. Um, and, you know, having a conversation with each of the vendors who provide these tools, understanding them, you know, looking at proof of concepts, making sure that it fits exactly what a customer needs is absolutely crucial to enabling them to do that so you know prodding around looking at the the demo data trying to identify if there's anywhere that um, may pr prove to be a weakness you know is, is it missing key data that you need is it something that um, needs to be improved upon and these conversations can be had with those vendors to make sure that it does um but, you know, also taking stock of what existing infrastructure you've got, you know, it might be the case that you've already got a number of inventory tools and how can they um, play into and assist with the um, ITAM tool that you choose to take on. It'd be good to know that when you're deploying um, an ITAM tool that you can make use of those existing inventory sources, whether it's just to supplement the data that you've already got or to, you know, actually provide a single source of information obviously that's not always the best case scenario but sometimes when you're trying to overcome those initial hurdles of data coverage it makes sense to use um, some existing infrastructure that you've got so you know you might have SCCM a lot of customers tend to have the the system center and that that's pulling against their clients and servers you know why not use that information that's already there and then supplement that into the tool so that you can then build up a picture very quickly. And so you have a, a much greater time to value than maybe just deploying um, the ITAM tools infrastructure on its own. Right. I'm with you. So, so kind of building, building up to getting a tool almost. So rather than going from sort of zero to hundred. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Cause I think I think that is one of the challenges that, that we see that you know, if if you have nothing and then you get a tool, there's, there's all these different things to do. And, you know, where do you start? How yeah. do you do these things? You know, does some of them need to be done before other ones? And then, you know, just man learning the tool and managing the tool becomes, you know, a full-time thing in itself. 
Um, so that's quite a good strategy, actually, that, yeah, doing doing bits, like you say, with SCCM, et cetera, so then you're, you're getting further along the path. And, and then when you add a tool, it's more of an incremental leap rather than, uh, you know, something brand new to, to you as a, an ITAM manager, but also to your organisation. Because I, I think just chucking a tool in, um, you know, impacts other stakeholders, etc. So yeah. if you're already building up a culture of, I've got some ITAM data, this is how we share it, this is what other people can do with it, it all smooth sort of makes us for a smoother transition when that tool comes in. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And also, if you've got that existing infrastructure and you've got those stakeholders within the organisation who aren't necessarily involved with the ITAM, and you say to them, "Well, we've taken." The data and we've reconciled that against um you know what's existing then they are going to have a better knowledge and understanding of where that data's come from rather than making any assumptions about how it's calculated which sources are trusted more than others then you know using that existing infrastructure to do that you know whether it's sccm or any of the other inventory tools that people typically tend to have um they can know full well where it's coming from and then not have to be concerned about, you know, being surprised by any new data, for example. I'm with you. Yeah, that, make, that makes sense. Um, so I was thinking, like, when when people are choosing tools, you know, whether they're, it's the first tool they've ever onboarded or, you know, the, the, the 50th, um, the, the, I, I find there's almost two different sides to it. You know, you, the vendors talk about the features, the things that their tool can do. And, and often we see people choosing a tool based on what they can do. Whereas is it actually, is it a better idea to choose a tool based on what you need? And I, you know, may, maybe that sounds a bit, a bit daft, but I think, you know, I was looking at laptops the other week and I got really caught up in, you know, this one does X, Y, and Z, that one doesn't. And, and then I realized, actually, I don't need X, Y, and Z. So although that one looks better, for what I need, this other one with less features is a better fit for me. Yeah. Is it a, a similar thing with, with ITAM tools that you should have a really strong idea of what you need the tool for before you start looking for a tool? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've got to have that minimal, minimum viable service in mind that you want to pr provide to the business. So looking at, okay, am I just interested in the biggest vendors that I have spent upon? Or am I interested in doing hardware asset management as well? Typically, there's a driver behind going out and looking in the market for an item tool, and you've got to stay true to what it is that you're initially looking for. There is tools out there that have all the bells and whistles and you know they can make you a cup of tea and sing and do a dance and that's great <laughs> but does it necessarily actually achieve what you want do you want to have really good control over your um assigned licenses for example or do you want to have a really um comprehensive item tool that allows you to you know do cmdb management as well as software asset management and you really have to think about that carefully because if you um, expand the scope um, from what you started with, then you can often lose sight of your initial objective. And so taking that into account when you're looking at an ITAM tool, I see is absolutely critical. Right. Yeah. That, that point about widening the scope, you know, if your, if your objectives, your metrics, you know, for the next 12 months are, you know, like like you said, you know, to to start doing hardware asset management or to to get your IBM really under control or something. Yeah. But you end up with a tool that's fantastic at container management and you know AWS governance, but it it's not strong in IBM. You know, you've 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 sort of shot yourself in the foot a little bit, haven't you? Absolutely, yeah. So that, I mean, that, that's quite, a, and is that something, you know, is there a standard way, you know, for the IT asset managers that are listening to us, is there a, a standard way of identifying what you need? You know, is it a decision that you should take 
on your own as an IT asset manager? Is it something that you should work with stakeholders to to identify, uh, you know, and maybe it turns out the tool the company needs is slightly different than the tool that ITAM needs. You know, should you do that kind of process first? Absolutely. I think it's for it to be the most valuable to a company, I think you've got to coordinate with, you know, your head of security, your head of governance, um, your head of infrastructure, and just make sure that the tool that you're taking on addresses all of the current points of weakness. You know, it's a lot of times when someone's looking at or a customer is looking at an ITAM tool, they are being driven by something like an audit or something like that. And so you sort of run headlong into buying a tool that can provide you with compliance in the shortest time possible. But then, you know, does that also address the service packs that are deployed or the, the end of life data that might be associated with the software and how that plays into um, understanding your ITAM position as a whole and how can that, you know, help the security team to identify weaknesses within the the software deployments for example so all of that kind of thing needs to be taken into account when identifying and um examining a tool um but it is absolutely critical to to look at that initial um the initial driver behind why you're looking for that tool in the first place and just making sure that it absolutely covers that that aspect of it like you say with IBM if you start at that point and then, you know, realize that it it's actually quite weak on that aspect of the the licensing, um, then you know you've obviously gone down the wrong path. But you know that could be offset by the fact that it's also supporting other teams and not just of a value to you. So there's there's a lot to think about when taking on a tool, and that's where you can really help. You know, get help from you know the professional expertise of these um, businesses and individuals. And their previous experience in dealing with this, you know, that's something that we seek to address. Um, and when we look at specific scenarios like that, you know, we always build it out based on what the current need is and then try and build it up from there and add on those other aspects that may be useful. Yeah, I think so. there's a couple of points in there that um, I wanted to pick up on. So the, the first one where you mentioned about audits being a driver for people getting a tool um so you know you get an audit letter you think oh god's right i need a tool so i can do all this discovery and and work out my compliance position but but as you say you're choosing a tool for a really specific reason yeah and you're choosing it on you know under lots of pressure and having to make a decision really quickly and no one's got time for multiple proof of concepts when when the audit letter's already turned up. Yeah. So it, it's this, it sounds like, in a way, that that's possibly a really bad time to choose a tool. Absolutely. Um, it's so almost we, like you're under duress. Yeah, just sort of grabbing whatever will get yeah. the job done. So, so is that, you know, for IT asset managers that are in that position, um, and, and I think, unfortunately... You know, given the economic situation, I think we're going to see audits, you know, come to the yeah. forefront again in 2023 and and onwards. People who find themselves in that situation, is there an you know an alternative rather than just finding a tool and and sort of getting it done? Is that is that maybe a time to look at third party services to get you through that rather than because you know you, you get some some external services, you you know the, the audit is the project. You get to the end and and you're done. Yeah. Whereas if you buy a tool, you you know you can be stuck with that for several years. You know five, six, seven years. Um. So you know in your experience, is is that audit situation? Is that a time perhaps people should look more to third party services rather than implementing a tool at that that moment yeah absolutely i mean that is the typical approach people take but i'm glad you asked because it's actually a hybrid approach is also an option you know having the professional services of someone like me or one of my colleagues within the industry and having their input on on the 
maybe it's the the vendor that is specifically being audited by and a number of other vendors having them perform the initial baseline for you so that you can understand what your exposure is or maybe it is that you've got um uh, an over licensing situation um and then with that having them skill you up on how they've achieved that baseline um and what tool that they've used to do that that's something that i'm i've been looking at specifically because oftentimes you'll do the baseline with the customer and it might be an audit that's driven it and which is great and then they go away with that information thank you very much i know how much i owe or don't owe so i can then have that conversation with the vendor that's auditing me but then at that point you don't want to let all of that good information and all of that data gathering die you want to take that forward build on it expand on it and then look at other vendors as well so that's something that from a service perspective you know you want to address so you could have the initial baseline done and then maybe you could have that mentoring and development so that the individual or the item uh, or the it asset manager within the the company um is skilled up to be able to do that themselves and then maybe has quarterly health checks from someone like me and who can give them um, some guidance around what they need to do to either improve their SAM or HAM process um, or indeed give them some advice on which vendors they need to tackle. So you can, I think that's something that I've specifically been trying to look at and, you know, a hybrid approach I tend to find is extremely effective because not only are you um, doing the key work with someone that's a, a professional in their field, understands the ins and outs of the audits with the vendors, but you're also being skilled up on how to do that yourself so that in the future you can defend that and you can build on your ITAM practice with someone that has a very deep knowledge of it, which is you know what I seek to address. Um, and that's kind of what I do day to day. I really like that. And that, that kind of sort of loops back to what we were saying at the start, doesn't it? And I think, yeah, that hybrid approach, you know, because we, we we talk to people about third party services quite a lot. And the general approach, it tends to be quite binary that either you don't have any third party services and you do everything yourself, or you have third party services and you almost do nothing yourself. You know, they do everything. And, and people have got, you know, there's pros and cons to each one. But that hybrid approach where, you know, you're using them to, to complement what you're doing, to, to supplement your skills. And I think the really important bit is, is that you're using them to build your skills. Um, you know, that, that's the kind of the ideal for, for everyone, you know, for individual IT asset managers, for their business, you know, if, if they're, giving budget for the services you're obviously getting the work done but you're also you know skilling up your internal people yeah and um, i guess it's a little bit like you know the whole like with artificial intelligence you know, where people are saying you know it, it won't replace workers it, it will help them do things you know faster or, or more error free etc yeah you can almost think of um third-party services as the the artificial intelligence for a for an IT asset manager um, you know you, you bring them in they, they help you do more faster um, and you learn from them so that I think that's a really good middle ground in yeah. this third-party usage conversation um, because because yeah because as you say then you know if you can do it yourself next time that's better for you and and, you know, and there'll always be something else to to learn or or pick up on in in itam um, yeah. and i think the other thing that you know with using third parties is as an it asset manager even if you're you know really experienced you, you've been doing it for, for for a long time you know unless you're really unlucky you're only going to have faced, you know, a handful of audits. Um, and certainly, you know, you're only going to have done a couple with any one vendor. So your experience with, with that vendor, with their audit tactics, with, 
the way that you can defend it, etc., is relatively limited. Whereas a third party, you know, will potentially have seen, you know, dozens or hundreds of audits. Um, so I remember talking to someone where they were saying that, you know, you, you can use that to your advantage as an IT asset manager. If you, if you bring someone in, if you've seen three Oracle audits and they've seen 94, they're probably going to know some things that you don't. So, you know, you know get them in to help you. Yes. So effectively, you know, take in the extra bits of knowledge and, and then, you know, you're... Um, you're more skilled up than you ever would have been on your own. Um, so, so yeah, I, really, I think that's a really good point. Yeah, and the way the way to achieve that, I mean, at least for me, we build out these personal development plans, and within that, tailor it specifically to what it is the the Sam Champion, as I like to refer to them as, um, and actually give them tailored feedback. You know, it's it's not going to be. Um, a cookie cutter experience for anyone you know people are going to have experience in different fields someone might be good at the procurement side of things and negotiation another person might want to skill up on the licensing another person might want to understand you know how to use a tool for example so I tend to sort of build out these these development plans which give them almost like a grading of of where they're at and then what to focus on and that I see is is absolutely vital for um, any ITAM professional because you know it gives them a target to to move towards and I think people having goals and objectives um, really only furthers the the ITAM machine as a whole within you know companies so and that's that's a, one of the, the key tools that I use anyway to to enable that. I really like that, yeah, because yeah. you know ITAM it's one of those industries where. You know, most people end up in ITAM by accident. Um, there are very few people I've spoken to who kind of set out to become an IT asset manager. Um, and I think that almost carries through that, you know, IT asset managers, it tends to be what things get thrown at you. That's those are the things that you learn and, and develop at. So, you know, if you keep getting audited by microfocus, you end up becoming strong in microfocus. Uh, yeah. you know, if you have to keep doing contract negotiations, that's where you get strong. But I, I think the idea of sort of taking charge of that a little bit and saying, you know, this is where I want to get to. These are the things I, I want to learn. And, you know, this is the path that I want to take. I think that's quite empowering for IC asset managers. Um, so, you know, anything that, that can help them do that is, I, I think, a positive thing. Um, so, so again, you know, being able to work with people like yourselves to to help them get through that and, and build on that, that learning plan has got to be a, a, a bonus for everyone. And, and I think, you know, at ITAM Review, uh, and you know you, you've spoken a couple of times today about you know the industry in general and you know th there are quite a few people out there and you know what we're trying to do we're all trying to grow and improve the industry not just our individual companies um and I, I think that kind of thing the learning plan you know that that will help you know i mean what's the what, what's the phrase you know a, a rising tide lifts all ships yeah, um, and I think that that's exactly what this can do for ITAM. That you know, if every IT asset manager gets upskilled, then that has to be positive for the industry as a whole. Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 sharing information. It's collaborating. It's communicating. You know, communication is is really the basis of any good working machine, really, isn't it? You know, you want to make sure that all of the the key component parts are communicating well. And if that happens, and in this case, you know, talking about information sharing and experience sharing, then you know you can only assume that the the resulting machine is going to be very well oiled and work well. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, I'm, I'm resisting the urge to go down a route of uh, football analogies. <laughs> it's it's my it's pretty much my my go-to analogy for anything. But I'm I'm trying to, given we've got an international audience, um, I can imagine footy might might not be quite as exciting for some of them. <laughs> um, but I, I completely agree that that yeah, that that's what you you want to do. 
Um, so you mentioned licensing, uh, which is, you know, I mean, my, my background is Microsoft licensing, so I, I love a good licensing conversation. Um, and, and that's one of those things, again, when it comes to sort of internal skills within within an IT asset management team, you know, there are so many software vendors. And, you know, even if you just think of tier one being Microsoft, Oracle, IBM, SAP, you know, no one person can can know all of those, um, you know, in, in any, any real depth. Um, and even if you do manage to learn it all somehow, you know, give it 25 minutes and, and half of it's changed. Um, so, so do you see licensing knowledge as being something that should be kind of all in-house, all external, or I think given the conversation we've already had, do you see licensing knowledge being a, a good fit for this sort of hybrid approach? Yeah, well, I was just about to say, going back to the hybrid approach, yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It's like you say, I mean, one of the things that I tend to see is that, you know, you've got all these excellent licensing resources, but they all assume a basic level of knowledge in in some regard. You know, look at Microsoft licensing. It assumes you know what a processor and a core is. Um, and I know going into the industry, I didn't have any idea what a processor and a core was. Um, so, you know, you're reading the documents, you're going through the product use rights, you're looking at all of the, the resources that are available. And again, having that hybrid approach where someone can lead you in the right direction and answer what some people might think are silly questions, but are actually absolutely critical um, is, is absolutely key. You know, I don't think I can, you could put someone in a room with all of the, the licensing information that's available for each of these vendors and expect them to be able to come out of it, being able to do um, some form of audit. So yeah, I think having someone there with experience that can help you with that and understand it um, makes that whole process a lot easier. Yeah, uh, and I think licensing is one of those that I think the approach of you know having someone helping you get skilled up um, is quite key. You know, and if you choose, you know, for whatever reason, I chose Microsoft years and years ago, and I've just you know doubled down on it. And I think you know for IT asset managers, it's probably a case of you know choosing one that you become really strong in um and and then you know if you've got a team you've got the luxury of having people skilled up in different vendors but but as you say james the the hardest part is getting started yeah because um, you you don't know what you don't know when it comes to licensing so you, you know you can read some of it and you think right completely understand that but then there's you know half a dozen exceptions that you're just not aware of and that's what trips you up in a yeah. in an audit or or something. Um, and, and also having that licensing knowledge helps with contract negotiations as well. You know, making sure you're not overpaying, etc. Um, so I think we're we're sort of building up quite a strong um, message for for this hybrid approach, which you know, because you can't do everything yourself, but if you outsource everything. You can, you know, you can leave yourself exposed a little bit if, in the future, you can't outsource for some reason. You, know, you need to have been working to bring those skills internally as well. Um, so I think, I think the hybrid model works well. You know, making sure you've got a learning path and uh, you know a partner that can support you with it, and and that you identify what you want to learn. Because, you know, weirdly, everyone, there's different bits that everyone prefers. You know, some people really like, you know, you know different vendors or some people really prefer getting stuck into, you know, the, the data side or the discovery sides. Other people prefer negotiation. So I think something that can help IT asset managers identify their, you know, their, their preferences early on. Um, will will help everyone become the best that 
they can be in in their chosen paths. Um, so so when when you're doing this, so you're an IT asset manager, you know you've got you've got this hybrid approach going on. Um, how so one of the things that, that we often hear is you know the difficulties can come when it when it's around sort of selling these things to the business and you know the leadership will, will kind of say well you're an asset manager you can do everything uh why do we need you know the, this hybrid model um you know are, are there certain ways that people can address this with, with you know with their leadership are, are there certain things that they can highlight or focus on um to, to help them understand the benefits for everyone in in this kind of approach yeah absolutely i mean that is a a key question um you know it might be that you're an it asset manager as you said and you, you might be concerned about bringing a third party in to to help you in that that uh, process and that is absolutely valid but the the thing that i come back to is that speed to value and being able to um, justify it by saying well by doing this we are i'm i as an individual are going to become much more proficient with the tool that i've selected and i'm going to be confident in the information that i'm producing for the business and having that support from someone who has the experience with the tool and the vendors is 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 only going to alleviate my knowledge and moving forward make make us less reliant on those situations in which we might need to engage with a third party um so having that initial investment to bring someone on and skill you up and allow you to to ask you know the questions that you might find challenging and make mistakes in an environment in which you can feel confident that you'll be you know, corrected and a knowledge transfer will take place. Um, I see is is a very easy decision for you know your upper management to make. You know, looking at it, um, and that's kind of why you know you've got to look at these um, sort of hybrid models within the scope of you know how many years it would take place. Typically, what we look at is a, a three-year um, sort of hybrid model, and then after that, the idea would be that you as an individual or an IT asset manager would move forward and be able to manage that on your own unassisted. So is it better to have the three years where you're going to feel confident and understand exactly what it is that you need to achieve to be able to provide value in the practice and the ITAM um, uh, function that you're providing? Or would you rather have three years kind of finding your own way with it and um you know making certain assumptions um and both are absolutely valid i know which one i would pick but maybe i'm biased <laughs> um but i think that having someone with that expertise is absolutely invaluable and it, it really is an, an easy decision especially when it comes to understanding progress and how far you've come and any um you know key risks that are out there you know as you say if someone has gone through 76 audits, they are going to be of a massive value to um, a company that's going through it for the first time, um, especially the individual that is heading it up internally within that company. So, you know, there's, there's, I see it as a very easy decision for, um, uh, you know, people within upper management to make. It should be quite straightforward to say, okay, well, it's going to cost us a little bit extra, but actually the value that we're going to receive back is going to be exponential and it's going to carry on through the years in the IT asset manager that we're investing in. So, you know, it's, for me, it's an easy decision to make. So many great points in there. Um, I completely agree. And, and I think, you know, there's a couple of, uh, I've got a couple of slight, slightly tenuous analogies there, but you know, what you were saying about, the three years, you know, versus doing it yourself, you know, to some degree, you know, I, it's a little bit like learning, you know, learning to drive or something, isn't it? You know, yeah. if if you add a car, obviously legal implications aside, you know, if you, if you had a car and you, you were just teaching yourself, you'd get there in the end, but you probably wouldn't be the greatest driver the world's ever seen. 
Yeah. Versus, you know, you, you spend some money, you get your lessons from a professional, they give you the tips, you get the, you know, you get to the end result faster and, and probably more competent. And it's a similar, um, similar thing. Um, Absolutely. That, and I think the key thing there as well is you're not asking someone else to drive the car. You're asking them to first show you how to drive the car in the most effective way. And then you're taking the driving seat and that person is giving you direction and feedback on how best to drive that car. So I think that's a really good analogy for this, actually. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, um, yeah, we'll, we'll build on that later. Um, <laughs> and, and I think, so, so for me, I think probably part of it is around, because what you were saying about how you position it to management, you know, it makes total sense. <laughs> And I think a lot of it comes down to to when you have this conversation with them, because what we see, you know, relatively often, you know, someone buys a tool, you say, look, I need some budget to buy a tool to do X, Y, and Z. If you then come back six months later and go, actually, I need some more budget because I need to get, you know, some training or I need to get someone in, that will will look less favourable than if from day one you say, look, I need a bit more budget because I need a tool and this service and this is the roadmap and the business plan. I think doing it all together from day one is a much easier sell internally than, yeah. than doing it you know, bit by bit almost. Um, so, so I guess for IT asset managers, it's, yeah, you know, having... And a lot of it can come down to time, but you know, having the the, the time and and the ability to to put that business plan together and say, right, you know, yeah, it's a bit more expensive than just buying the tool. These are all the benefits. This is what we get out of it. Um, and then you know, throw in that that driving lesson analogy, and um, jobs are good. And <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> I think it's spot on. So I think, yeah, you know, for, for the people listening, you know, if you are looking at a tool or, you know, whether whether you've not got a tool at all or you've got a tool and you're looking at replacing it with a, a more modern offering or, or maybe you've identified, you know, the other one doesn't do what you need to. I think, you know, at any point, taking the time to look at work or a, um, you know, a third party help um, you know help you get places faster um I, I think doing that and and putting that into the business plan is you know it, it should always be a good idea in my opinion agreed yeah definitely um you know and i think even for you know some of our audience are you know super um super it asset managers you know they're, they're re- really skilled they've been doing it for for a long time um but you know even then you know as they're moving more into um you know maybe being a an it asset manager and i see it asset management director within the business or you know becoming more strategic uh, and they they'll need to to build and grow a team that there's still there's huge value in in using someone to help support your team as everyone's making that transition yeah. so it it kind of feels like you know whether you're, uh, you know you're you're brand new or a, a seasoned professional, the this approach would work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that's a very good highlight actually because we've seen that with a number of customers where, you know, you're trans someone's transitioning into um, you know being a bit more strategic and they're wanting to onboard a new team member, maybe get an apprentice in or something like that. Um, and they look at it and go, well, maybe I haven't got the time to be able to make those strategic decisions and also skill up that team member. The sort of hybrid approach in that scenario is absolutely perfect because you're giving them the baseline, you're actually providing them with that knowledge transfer and enabling them to be able to take the tool forward without having to spend that time yourself. You're offsetting, you're able to give that to um you know, someone like me who can skill that person up, build a relationship and then make them or enable them to use the tool. So it's um, it's not something that is uncommon within, you know, my workspace, at least. 
That's cool. So yeah, I mean, I mean, that's positive in a couple of ways. You know, the fact that you're seeing more ITAM professionals kind of transition into these more strategic roles, you know, that that's good to hear from a, an industry perspective, because that's, you know, one of the things that, that we're looking for, for there to be more strategic ITAM within customers. Um, and, and good that, you know, that this approach works there as well, because you're absolutely right. The time is always a, a key factor. And we hear quite a lot that, I mean, we all, you know, we all know when, when you're teaching someone how to do something, it's almost invariably, it would be quicker to do it yourself. Yes, so true. It, it's that balance of, you know, having the extra time available to 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 help someone skill up so that you'll you know you'll have more time in the future um and that can be hard to balance internally on your own so again having someone to 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 support both both sides of that will be invaluable um so so i think we've i feel like we've pretty much decided that you know the the hybrid approach is is the way forward (laughs) um and, you know, it'd be interesting you know people listening uh be interesting if anyone's got you know uh, opposing thoughts or if they if they've tried it and um you know they've, they've got questions etc you know everyone more than welcome to um to, to get in touch with us but it it does feel like a way of getting everyone you know more skilled more quickly um and you know i I think i think it it would serve everyone listening well to you know to explore this and look at you know what do i want to achieve in 2023 2024 realistically you know what can i achieve if i do it on my own versus you know what could someone what could a third party help me achieve? And then, you know, to, to some degree, you need to try and quantify that so you can say to your business, look, if we spend X on on this third party service, you know, we'll we'll regain X times three in yeah. two years. You know, it, it, I suppose that's the hardest bit. You know, how do you sometimes how do you quantify it in you know in pounds or dollars or euros? Um, but I think it, it it seems like something that, you know, it helps IT asset managers feel less alone, um, which we hear a lot, um, you know, and, and it helps people get those skills and, and you know, from some someone that you know is is an expert in that field. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, for, for me, you know, from, from my perspective as ITAM review, it, it seems like a, a an innovative approach, really, to um, to to getting people where they need to be, and obviously, you know, we're we're talking to to, to you at License Dashboard, so you know, people can um, I think they can probably read between the lines um, as to you know where where you sit in in terms of this this offering, but you know. There are, uh, you know, plenty of um, third parties that, that people can talk to in you know different locations around the world. Uh, so I think whoever yep. is listening, you know, this approach should be should be something that they consider at least. I would say. Totally agree. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of options out there. It's not just um, us that are doing it. You know, we I feel like we do it extremely well. Um, and it's something that we continue to build on and gain experience in. Um, but, you know, explore all options, identify, you know, different ways of doing it. You know, it's not always the case that um, one single way of doing things is the right way. There's, there's lots of different ways to achieve your goal. Um, and this is just one that we have found to be the most effective. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, because you've, you've been doing it for a while now. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I think... The, you know the fact that it, it's it's working for you and, and obviously for your customers you know that that's a great sign that that as a concept you know it it does pay dividends for for IT asset managers um because uh, i think you know everyone that we speak to 
they're you know they they're over overworked. Uh, they don't have enough time. Um, so I, I think anything that they can do to address both of those problems, you know, get a bit of time back, move a bit of work off their plate, but at the same time be be learning and growing is you know a great thing for everyone. You know, to, to take ITAM forwards, you know, make it a, a strategic part of every business. Um, yeah. So hopefully. You know, everyone listening will will have taken something from what what we've been talking about. You know, and and got some ideas about how they can approach their next, uh, you know, tool purchase or uh, their next audit. Uh, you know, maybe it's an idea about building a a, a personal learning plan and trying to find ways yeah. to support themselves in in achieving that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's something that you know take some of the the strategies that we've talked about today these are things that people can implement um easily on their own you know look at where you are with with regards to your knowledge and learning today draw a line in the sand maybe write down um where you want to be and then build a plan to move forward to that point you know that that in, in its basic sense is is what you know i'm looking to achieve i like that yeah and i think you know item being item best laid plans you know there will always be something unexpected that appears you know like oracle changing their java licensing or yeah um, I, ibm and the the 24 price increases or, or or something but i think if you have that plan then even these unexpected sort of road bumps or, or bumps in the road even um you know you they'll divert you for a little bit but if you make sure that you come back to your plan um you know that will that will keep you moving in the right direction yeah um, and i think that's the that's the important thing you know making sure that you always feel like you're you're learning and growing and, and moving forwards that's you know key for people on a personal level key for for item at a, an industry level um so so yeah so hopefully what we we've covered today will will help people um you know implement some of that and you know if if any of you have got any questions feel free you know get in touch with us uh at item review uh, i'm sure james won't mind you connecting with him on on linkedin and, and getting in touch with him directly either um so you know if you do do have thoughts and questions let us know um, but I, I think um, really all I've got left to say is is thank you very much to you, James, for for your your time and all, all your awesome insights. And thank you very much for your time today as well. It's been very interesting. Yeah, I've um, I've, I've really enjoyed this. There's some really really good sort of food for thought in there. Um, and and then yeah, you know, thank you to everyone who's who's listening to this. I hope you've you found it useful and enjoyed it. Um, any feedback always welcome um, so, so, so thank you James thank you everyone who's, who's listening to this and I will see you all on the next podcast so have a great rest of your day everyone bye